Today's episode of The Thriller Zone with David Temple is sponsored by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller. Hello and welcome to The Thriller Zone. I'm your host, David Temple. And guess what? We are rapidly approaching our first year anniversary. Actually, the end of June, right about the time that Dean Koontz appears, <laughs> that will be our official one year anniversary. But I'm in, I'm the kind of guy that celebrates in advance, right? So yeah, it's about three and a half weeks away, but I'm celebrating now. We are rapidly also approaching our third season. As you know, like television, a season is often a part of a year. So we're coming up on number three, but uh, I am heading off to Thriller Fest, where I'm going to be meeting a lot of the great authors that we love to read, and I'm very excited. Coming up on Thursday's show, this is, this is a great book. Mark Langley wrote When Silence Screams. Wait till you hear what some of his idols are saying about this book. Matter of fact, why don't we just get right to it? He's in the green room waiting for us, right? Mark? Mark, I really fully expected to see you in your traditional cowboy hat, so. I can put it on, it's right there. <laughs> I think you should. Let's let's see that thing, because I love that. That's got a, you got a feather in the side of it and a little uh, band around it. Oh yeah, pull it out there, come on now. Yeah, pull your headphones out. <laughs> this is show and tell here on the Thriller Zone. Hmm, there you go. Look at that dandy boy. Not sure how that works there with the headphones on here. Yeah. I think it looks good. There you go. Uh, I'd put on mine if I had one. <laughs> have a different background too. It'd be better. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the Thriller Zone. It's good, good to have you here on the show, man. So nice to see you. Great. Glad to be here. We're going to talk about this beauty right here when silence screams. Uh, woo! This has got a little bit of everything for everybody. A little bit yeah. of a ride, huh? Yeah, little mystery, little thriller, a little, a little, uh, ooh, some bad guys, some bad guys, and some good guys. Thank, thank goodness for the good guys, right, Mark? Oh yeah, of course. You know, speaking of that, and we're just gonna get right to it. Um, your bad guy, uh, <clears throat> the 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 primary topic of this, which we'll, we're gonna get into, and I want to make sure I don't give anything away, but there is uh there's missing girls. And so you can kind of surmise what you think of that. And this is one of the most disturbing topics that I have uh, covered. I don't, you know, generally we talk about books and it's all fiction. We know it's fiction. But when you are reading a story that you know is kind of based on a whole lot of reality, it makes my stomach nervous, you know? Good. That, that's what I was going for. It should. I mean, if people people see things in the news or if they do see them in the news, um, maybe just bluff it off and don't understand what goes on, you know, but uh, at, the, at the basic core, the, the book is a mystery in general, you know, but it does, it is based on a reality. So it's, I tried to, to convey that in the storyline to have, you have to have believable villains, believable heroes and so forth, you know, so I think that comes across with everyone that I that I wrote in the book, all the people I populated with, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I'm pronouncing this name right, author Nakai. 
Right, Arthur Nakai, yeah. He, he is the uh, protagonist of Private Investigator. And we're going to get to that in a second. But I, I want to know, because, Mark, I kind of pride myself on being able to find out some of that nitty gritty about people uh, behind the scenes. And uh, I didn't, there's not a lot on your website and there's not a tremendous amount of who you are. So I wanna know what was your vocation be prior to becoming an international sensation? Well, I didn't wanna weigh people down with the burden of my my past, you know, yeah. But uh, I mean, for like anybody else, uh, you know, I, 30 years I spent uh, in what they call the automotive after, aftermarket industry. I started out behind the counter auto parts store and ended my 30 year career being a, uh, division head for a company so it's you know it's a long traveled road <laughs> but you know what what i like is that uh you know we talk to a lot of authors who are former military former cops former pis former you know a lot of things that they write about so when i find a guy who just go like yourself who just goes hey you know what this is my passion and I'm going for it. It's kind of cool. And there's a bit of encouragement that it gives a lot of the readers uh, and writers who think, you know, I want to do this. Do I have to have that background just stacked full of experience? I would say you don't really have to have that background. It helps, I'm sure, in a lot of things if you're writing, you know, James Bondish kind of things or espionage type stuff. Or, you know, for me, it depends on what I read and what I read growing up was Robert Parker and Tony Hillerman and Mickey Spillane, you know, and John D. McDonald and Hemingway, all the favorites, you know. So I, I, I told Anne and Hillerman once that uh, I learned a lot from her father uh, of how he did, uh, you know, description. So I learned a lot of uh, dialogue from Parker and so forth on down the line. But you don't really have to have a background. I don't think if you love something enough to want to do it, and you put in the time for the research because the research is really what makes the writing live. Uh, interviews with people and just researching online with uh, watching whatever you can or getting all the information you can. Uh, current book I'm working on, I have all the, uh, the court filings of closed case files uh, for what I'm writing about in the next book. So uh, I had to go through all those, read all those files, read all the autopsy files, everything else to be able to bring all the characters to life within the story. You know, and this is great. This is a conversation. If you've, if you're a fan of the show, you've probably heard this before talking about uh, write what you know, and, and I've gone back and forth with so many different authors about this. Well, yeah, but I don't know anything about that, but I really like that. So it's, it, I've always, I always come, I walk away with going write about, write the book that you want to read. Exactly. I, I was reading a book just this weekend by uh, Austin McCleon uh, was finishing it called Steal Like an Artist. And one of the points he made in there, which is exactly what I just said, and that is write what you want to read. So uh, you're, you're, you're doing that exactly. And I think a lot of our listeners do that as well. Now, I noticed that, are, am I finding you in Indiana now or Santa Fe? Because I know you you share life uh, in two different locations, right. right? Currently, I'm in Indiana. Yes. Okay, but you do you find yourself writing more of your material while in Santa Fe, or do you do that for inspiration? Or I I go out there. Um, I spent ten days out there last time doing a lot of research uh, for the books, and I was lucky enough to meet a few people that uh, uh, Navajo people that actually talked to me for a while and. Um, one gentleman uh, I was lucky enough to meet who had a day off at that point in time 
they call him the Encyclopedia of the Southwest. I mean, the Four Corners, because he not only knows everything about the geology of the area, the history of the area, the flora and fauna of the area, you know. I mean, he actually teaches at universities. He takes university students out in the field and shows them all the geological things. Uh, so I was lucky enough to spend a day with him and learn a lot <laughs> about things like that, because geology was my father's strong point, not very much mine. <laughs> yeah. And how does that happen? Do you did, how did you find him and did do you book time with him or is he just one of those guys that loves to sit around and chew the fat on the front porch with a glass of iced tea kind of guy? Well, mainly at that point, I was uh, looking for information on I had a teenager in one of the books that lived in a certain area and I wanted to know was going to go to this high school or what around that area. So I found someone online and I asked her the same question. And she said, well, he would go to that school. Yes. You know, Kirtland High School is that school. And then I got talking with her about it. And we had a phone call, a long phone call, and uh, discussed what we could do in this. And I was going to be out there uh, in a few months at that time. So she hooked me up with two people, and he was one of them, is uh, Arnold Clipper was his name. And um, I still have all the recordings from that day that I refer back to because uh, there was no way in my mind I'd keep all that information in my head without recording it, you know. <laughs> but but uh, that's you, you learn about it, and he was out there, and uh, he's a Navajo, an older Navajo. He's been out there doing things for decades. He collects, finds new specimens of, uh, of plants and so forth. He was a wealth of information. Wow. So uh, your first book in the author Nakai mystery series, Path of the Dead, followed by Death Waits in the Dark, and then, of course, When Silence Screams, did, and, and all these stories take place in and around Santa Fe, correct? They're in New Mexico, yeah. The first yeah, book, uh, Path of the Dead, goes pretty much goes from the Four Corners area to Montana. The second book stays around the Four Corners area, and so does the third book. Uh, yes or no? Was Path of the Dead the one that Craig Johnson made a comment about? Yes. Okay, so Craig Johnson, as we all know, uh, author of Longmire series, which the TV series was one of my all-time favorites. Mine too, yeah. Up until the last season. Mm -hmm. Do you agree or disagree? And we will figure out how to go I, from there. I love the show no matter what. Yeah. But with the first three seasons, you got to see that you think they were going pretty much basically as the books had gone or based on what the books had done. And the last three were like, well, let's figure something out. Okay, good. You know? Okay. And the, I didn't like the way the last show in the last season ended. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just, just me. Okay. Well, yeah. And, and I felt that there was, we won't go down that except to say, I thought there was an evolution of Longmire himself that kind of mm -hmm. went down a path that I'm like, did did ever did somebody fire all the original writers and just bring in some new? Anyway, my point being, when Craig Johnson said, "Let me read the quote for you," um, um, let's see, uh, combining the gait of a fine horse, the comfort of your favorite Indian blanket, and the ease of a well-worn saddle, it's one heck of a debut. And again, we're talking about Path of the Dead. Holy moly! You must have been on cloud nine when you got that blurb. That was amazing because I'd met Craig a couple of times at book signings and talked to him, asked for advice on a few things. And then I contacted him and I asked him, you know, would you mind doing a blurb for the first book? And he said, no, sure. haven't sent it to me. So I had my publisher send him the, the book and he read it and he sent them back the blurb and he, he clearly you know, copied me on it, you know. 
and I was sitting there at the uh, at the table one night with my family, and if my phone went off, picked it up, and I go, "Holy crap!" You know, <laughs> and I read it, and everybody was freaked out at the time, you know. But yeah, so that was a a big a big moment for me to to have that recognition for someone that I admired uh, to do that, you know. Yeah. God, I read that, and I thought it must just be the most fantastic feeling in the world like i try to think of uh you know my a favorite author that i would get to blurb my book like a don winslow or you know is the first one that pops in my head i'm like that you you'd be on cloud nine for months on end oh yeah yeah um by the way side note congratulations you're kicking off june this is uh, going to be the beginning of season three however it doesn't really kick off uh, season three until the end of the month we kick it off with dean coons but you're the very first episode in june all right bam <laughs> now i noticed something in the front of the book here again when silent screams and i and it it's another one of those things that really kind of got at my heart and in the front of the book uh two significant items uh caught my eye first you dedicated the book to 5,700 some odd uh, missing, murdered indigenous women uh, and girls back in 2016. And then second, you mentioned that a portion of your cells are going to be donated to missing and murdered indigenous women USA. What brought outside of the obvious, perhaps what brought this issue to light for you? And why is it so personal and close to your heart? Well, I was trying to think of things uh, to write for that third book, and I stumbled across uh, information online about the 5,712 missing in 2016 alone on the reservations in the USA and Canada. And I thought, I've never heard about that. At that point, nobody really had except people involved in it, you know, never on the news and so forth. So I started delving into that. I started watching all the interviews with families uh, dissertations, you know, in, in auditoriums and so forth, reading all about it, uh, signed up with MMIW's uh, Facebook page and started getting all the flyers almost every day, and I still do, of people that go missing almost every day, you know. So I went through that, and then when you see that number, 5,712, it's a number. It's a big number, Yeah. but it's a number. You don't really make it human until I started printing out all the flyers that they have on their website. And I had a, st a stack about an inch or so thick of all these. Then you get a face, you get a name, you get information, you know, and that number doesn't be, be a number anymore. It's an actual person. Yeah. And that's an actual family that loses everything from the future that person would bring them, you know? So it really affected me to, to, to understand that. And I thought, this is what I want to write about. I want to make a, a, a real story, but make a fictional presentation of it. And uh, I did interview some people, got their stories. So there's some things mixed in that are, that are real, you know. Um, I just thought I had to write, something you, you, you read, you have to write about because it's not well known. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is my time to do this. I feel very strongly about this. And I have already made donations to them from the sales so far. So I hope to making a lot more sales uh, in the future and making more deposits for them. Yeah, not only did it grab me by the throat, but then it grabbed me by the heart when I read this uh, uh, acclamation that you were making, that you were putting a pro amount of your proceeds. We're going to mention it at the end of the show too, but 
you know, not not to make it about, you know, I know you would not want me to make it about you, but boy, this tells me a lot about you as a person. And that's what really got my attention. The book itself is great. Yes. But the fact that your heart is in that place just really got me. Well, thank you. I wanted to make it, you know, I wanted to get across, like I said, the things that actually happen. So people know what occurs. They just see it on the news sometimes and, and pass right by it. But it, you know, all the little things that are in the book are things that I know are true. They, they actually happen to these girls. Um, not every one of them. There's some of them, you know, that get found. Um, a lot of them are taken by ex-boyfriends, ex-spouses and whatever, you know. Some do end up uh, sadly deceased. Uh, a lot of them are never found at all. I mean, so I wanted to have that conveyed in that story that this is more than just a mystery story Yeah. that I, I like to put things in there that people can soak up, make up their own mind upon, you know, and then either it affects them or it doesn't. I like to think that uh, I told one newspaper reporter, I said, well, if, if it affects people the way I think that's good because it should shock them. It should make them see what's going on. Yeah. Well, mission accomplished. I hope in my, in my life anyway, my heart. Um, going back to another quote, because I had, uh, Kent Kruger on the show. What a, what a spectacular individual author. He had nice things to say about your work too, specifically that he recommends death waits in the dark. Now I'm pimping your second book since I'm, you know, we're talking about the three and he, okay. yeah. And he, he recommends it with a full heart. That, that's really nice praise coming from a guy who, a guy knows flat out how to write, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I was, I was, uh, as they say, over the moon, uh, getting yeah. that one as well, you know, because that one really surprised me with the length of it, of what he, what he said in that, because um, I got an Ann Hillerman's, I got Craig's and then I got his. I was like, wow. You know, even my agent said, how did you get that? I said, like when I was in retail and back in my, my, my warehouse sales days, you never get the sale if you don't ask for it. So I asked him, I said, would you mind? Like yeah. I asked Ann, would you mind? And I said, yeah. no, sure. So it was uh, reading. That was wonderful. I just could not believe that. Now, here's a great point for my listeners who are uh, up and coming writers, uh, and Mark just nailed it. Three different times, he asked specifically. Now, I'm not saying run out and uh, bombard your favorite author, but I'm saying you built some kind of a relationship with that person. And this is another thing that I have said before. I'll say it again. I love about this writing community is we're always trying to support one another. And, um, but you're right, never up, never in, uh, all they can do is say no is one of the theories I live by. So kudos. I mean, you're, you're lucky if you do it. I mean, I, you know, I contacted Anne, got talking about her dad and so forth and this and that. We started sharing pictures of our dogs and family and, you know, things, you know, and I, I, I said to her, I said, well, I'm a bit nervous because what I write about is the same area but not the same type of things, you know, I said, would you mind reading my second book and possibly give me a cover blurb for that? And she said, sure, send it to me. Yeah. You know, you you don't get it if you don't ask, you know, they can say no, which is fine. They're too busy or whatever, you know, Sure. but uh, 
nothing ventured, nothing gained. Exactly. That's the other one. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. I'm heading up to a thriller fest um, this well, this week, yeah, like is in day after tomorrow. Yeah, I saw that. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, one of the favorite, one of my favorite things. Uh, side note: Eric Bishop just reached out and said, "Dude, why aren't you there already?" And I'm like, "Uh, it's Tuesday." He goes, "Yeah, it's already started." I'm like, "Uh, I, but I, I'm, I got Mark on the show on Tuesday, and then I got to cut the show, and you know." <laughs> I'll get there soon enough. But the point being, the, the nice thing about going to a, something like a Thriller Fest, hi, KJ Howe, um, is that you get to meet your idols. You know, you get to walk up close and listen to them speak and get a photograph and so forth. Not to be a geek, but to be a little <laughs> bit of a geek. Um, so, yeah, folks, take the advice here is uh, ask. Now, I do know, I read somewhere, maybe it was on your website, maybe it was a little bird somewhere told me, but uh, book number four, I think you're calling it The Source. That's mm -hmm. that's next, right? That one is next. Uh, I'm, I'm doing uh, an overabundance of things right now. Uh, I finished a short story. It's going to be on the air uh, with a, a podcast later on. It's going to be in, a, in print form by the end of the year. I'm writing the fourth book of Arthur, the first book of a new series. I'm 12 chapters into that, 13 now. So a lot of things are going on. But yeah, the source is going to be another one that um, really kind of hit home too with uh, the, the methamphetamine problem on the reservation. Just in case we haven't hit it uh, clearly enough, can you give me, because I, I mean, I've got a couple of comments I'm going to share with you after you tell me but give me that one little blurb like if you were saying hey here's what when silent screams is about without you know spoilers oh boy oh man oh man oh, well man. Our, our lead guy <laughs> is now a pi right so yeah yeah he spent uh you know time in the military he spent 10 years in the marines he spent 12 years as border patrol you know so now he's relaxed and living his own life as a uh White Mountain Outfitter, his business up there, giving people backcountry horseback rides and so forth. And now, as of the third book, um, the police captain in there, Jake Billigody, has talked to him about it in the second book, and he's finally done it uh, to get that PI license, you know, which I kind of made homage to Tony uh, when he turned Joe into a private investigator where one of the uh, police in Santa Fe says he makes a remark about being a, a Navajo PI. And he said, Arthur says, well, I'm not the first. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, it's, it's just a, it's a really good story um, about a, how uh, teens today can be wrapped up in things they don't really understand and easily just find themselves in a wrong situation. Yeah. That's very well put. Well, uh, I, and here's one of my comments. First of all, uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of authors like yourself who really paint the portrait of atmosphere uh, significantly yet delicately, and you have done that. I love that. And I and having let me let, let you say thank you there. Sorry. <laughs> thank you. Exactly. Yes. Um, also, there's nothing quite as beautiful as New Mexico. I mean, if you have a chance to go through there on one of your summer tours, folks, it's just breathtakingly beautiful, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You, you can't. There's <laughs> so many places there to go see. And I tell people that I've talked to before, you know, 
when you read my books, I haven't just looked it up online. I've been on those roads. I've been in the hard packed roads. I've been on the highways. I've been in the areas that are remote out there. And you just can't see any more beautiful things than that. Yeah. And you make a good point, Mark. Uh, you can always, you can't always tell, but you can, it's the nuance. Uh, you can do Google flyovers, which I'm notorious for. If you, if I can't get to an area or like it's pandemic and you can't go anywhere, exactly. but you can gain a lot of information, but you don't get that nuance that you were able to pepper throughout this series with that uh, sense of realism and uh, just kudos to you for that. Well, to me, in my respect, thinking of the whole thing, you, you have to be there to, to smell it, to see it, to taste it, to understand all the things about it, the yeah. cold, the heat, to, to relay that because you felt that you've been there, you smelled it and that you see it and you've touched it. So it's all, it's all in memory. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's very visceral. Hey, before we get to rapid fire questions, I always like to ask my authors, especially guys like yourself, you got three in the, you got three uh, behind you. You got one uh, plus one plus in the pipeline. If you, I like to ask authors that single best piece of advice that they give to aspiring writers, and what would yours be? Hmm. Boy, I think not mechanically and so forth, but I would say your your biggest enemy is your own mind. To, to hmm. always have second guess yourself that maybe I'm not good enough or whatever, and uh, you know your, your own mind defeats you in, in that respect. You know. Never let somebody else or yourself tell you you can't do it, because I had those things. And people say, well, you know, you're no, you're no James Patterson. You know this. And I'm, like, I'm not. They were nobody else either. So you know, I am me. So I write, like you said, what I want to read. I like. I write what I'd like to read. Uh, you know, and I enjoy writing them. I enjoy putting myself in that world. So if you like doing that, do that. You know, editing is editing and so forth, you know, like that, but get it done first, get it on paper, get it out there, do all the editing later on, write, sit yeah. down and do it just to sit down and get it done, you know, so I love that aspect and I've never let anyone really stop me uh, or tell me that uh, it wasn't going to happen because you get that throughout your life, but uh, I mean, being in sales helped a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Go for the yes, baby. Go for the yes. You got it. You got um, it. And that's great advice, Mark. It, it sounds really simple, but sometimes I think the best things are the simplest. And, uh, you know, between just keeping, I read, I read, uh, read something this weekend. What was it? Oh, I was doing a short study on memoirs and so forth. And it said, um, race to the end. And what her point was making, it was a little webinar I took, is to just just open up the floodgates, don't judge it, and let it pour, and just race to the end. Because as you just said, it was great advice. You can always go back. You're going to go back. You're going to edit it. You're going to tweak on the draft. You're going to edit it. You're Someone else is going to give you notes. You're going to edit it again. But if you don't get the story out, you don't know what the story is, and you don't know what the end is until you know, you don't know what the beginning is until you know what the end is, so. Right. There has been that too, because on the first book and the second book, I actually got maybe a third or two thirds of the way in, and then got an idea in my head of how it was going to end, so I stopped that, I wrote the ending, so I knew where I was going, and took the rest of it and got there. <laughs> See, it's a roadmap, baby. 
you don't have to always take uh the 101 you can take the 76 you can take the 24 you you know it, you don't it doesn't worry about how you get there it's just that you get there um it is time for rapid fire questions and yeah the first one is a little bit on the darker side but i think it would be fun for you because uh especially given all the historical research that you've done you're hot on the trail of some bad men, many of whom are exactly like your Ignacio Garcia character. Now, who would be, this is just interesting, could be could be anyone in your life, who would be your most trusted ally that you'd ask to join you to hunt down the bad guys? Yeah. Could be somebody in your past, could be somebody in your present. You could even pull someone from your story, a fictional character. I would say in real life, yeah. Probably a friend of mine I've had for, geez, 20, know, about I don't know, 30 years now. Yeah. Um, fellow my name, Jim. He's like a mountain. He's he's tall, he's yeah. bald, and he's large. You know, <laughs> somebody know that person uh, would be that uh, one of the people I would choose. Also, probably one of my friends from my past, uh, back in high school days. Uh, a lot of my guy friends joined the military, so uh, I would choose Jim. Yeah. Jim was in Jim was in the army and knows how to get it done. <laughs> he knew how to get it done. All right. Yeah. Good job. Now on a lighter note, Hollywood has just optioned your series to be the next Longmire. <laughs> From your, your lips to God's ears. Yes, sir. <laughs> Who do you see playing Private Eye author Nakai? And I'm sure while you're writing, there's somebody yeah. floating around in your head. There, there, there already is. Like I'm trying to, I'm not even sure if I can think of the man's name now. He is. It has to be, of course, Native American character. You know, has a person. And um, I did, I did find a person, uh -huh. and um, I can't think of the man's name. You got me on the spot here. That's okay. Take <laughs> your time. I can insert it in an edit. But, uh, let's see here. Where is? There it is. Uh, Jay Tavar. J A Y T A V A R E, yeah, J Tavar. Some his bio says he was born in the Navajo Nation somewhere, you know. Um, some people dispute that, but I don't care about that as much as this is who I imagine really when you think about it. And I got thinking about it more. This is who I thought he looked like. Uh, oh, yeah, with that. So, like I said, I put it out there on Facebook and so forth. They're all going. That's who I pictured. That's how I picture him. Yeah, Jay Tavar. He looks like somebody is not going to take any shit from anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, folks, if you'd like to learn more, visit markedwardlangley.com and follow him on Twitter at markedwardlang1 and Instagram at markedwardlangley. Also, our listeners, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, can also donate to the foundation we mentioned earlier by going to mmiwusa.org. That stands for Missing, Murdered, Indigenous Women USA.org. And uh, yeah, and a portion of the proceeds of all three books, right, of the, of the uh, Arthur Nakai series is going to go to this uh, benefit, correct? Right. Awesome. Mark, this has been great, great fun. And man, uh, I wish you humongous success. And we're all looking forward to number four. Everybody is too. They're all getting back to me now. I do a monthly, monthly uh, newsletter and they're all, they're all saying they can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'm on your newsletter. If I'm not, I want to make sure I sign up so I can stay in touch as there always. 
But Mark, once again, thank you so much for joining us on the Thriller Zone. David, thank you. Appreciate it. Love being here. Thank you. Thanks once again to Mark Langley. And the book is When Silent Screams. Folks, I am heading off to, as I mentioned, heading off to Thriller Fest, where I'm going to be hanging out with some of my favorite authors in the whole world. But uh, let me give you a little sneak peek of who's coming up next week. But before I do that, I want to say thank you to my prime sponsors, AuthorBytes.com, who always provides exceptional service. And sign up today with the code THRILLERZONE and you'll get three months free with a one-year contract. Also, big thanks to my good friends at Writer's Block Coffee, where they always keep me stacked in deliciously deadline dark. And you can get 15% off your first order. So I want to say thank you. Also, uh, next week, and I'm going to meet him this week in person, Mark Graney. His new book is called Armored. Armored. Now, if you recall, this was an audio book first. It got such huge success, he turned around and turned it into a book. And if you know anything about Mark, what are we at? We're clicking at, uh, clocking in at just shy of 500 pages. New York Times bestselling author, Mark Graney, going to be on the show next week. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, I'll go to Thriller Fest just as I come home. He and I will have some time together, and then the show will be next week. But boy, and June, have you seen who's on in June? Mark Graney? Well, because of course, Mark Langley kicked off with number one, Mark Graney. The newcomer, Steve Stratton. We've got uh, Don Bentley, and we end up the month with Dean Kuntz, a guy who needs very little introduction, but you can be sure I'll be introducing him a lot. <laughs> I'm your host, David Temple. Thank you so much for making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in America. And as always, you can do me one tiny little favor. And it's tiny in some senses, but it's huge for me. Swing across your favorite podcast channel, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. Leave us a review, would you? Or you can do it on our website, thethrillerzone.com. Five-star reviews, always exceptional. If you feel like a four, do it a four. The thing is, just tell us if you like the show, because we're heading into our second year, and we want to know what you like and what you'd like more of, because we have some very special secrets planned and i'm very excited about it so until next time we speak you make it a great week and i'll see you next time right here for another episode of the thriller zone The Thriller Zone has been presented by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller.